Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to On the Continent, your definitive guide to the week in European football. I'm Dotton Adibayo. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm David Cartledge. On this Don't Call It A Comeback edition, Mama Said Knock You Out, Sergio Ramos returns to his roots without a hero's welcome. Also, where are we at with the Napoli rebuild? What more do they need to do to convince that last season wasn't a fluke? And does PSG's new forward line look like the national team's attacking problems are over? Or does three into one not go? David, so glad you're here. On the, literally, the week that Sergio Ramos returns to his route, um, obviously the, the the local hero for Seville, or Sevilla, if you like, but Seville, the town, the local hero, grew up there, started out there, uh, signed there as a schoolboy. His uh, father and his grandfather supported them. He's going back to his hometown team. And I imagine that they rolled out the red carpet for him and the barrel and all. Some people did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't a, a clear-cut one. I'm sure the headline, you know, the headline in a lot of places, you know, oh, beautiful boyhood, you know, return for, you know, for Ramos. He goes back to his hometown club. Oh, isn't this so romantic? This is this is amazing. It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. It is. It's Hollywood. But uh, did he turn down a larger offer elsewhere to to, to join David? Apparently so. Yeah. In part of his uh, his PR, he's been saying that uh, yes, he's been turned down a lot of offers. Saudi Arabia, MLS. He even said there was a two year deal on offer from PSG as well. This so, is this is not just Hollywood. This is Arabian Nights, actually. Well, it's it's remarkable that he reputedly turned down. 20 million euros a year 20. net 
uh, Al Itihad yeah. to sign for Sevilla for one million no, that euros. I don't think yeah. the entire Sevilla squad is on 20 million euros. <laughs> like, honestly, that's right, right now. There. And is he still the highest payer at Sevilla then on a million euros? How's he going to manage? How, how is his wife going to manage? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot to contend with for Ramos. So I guess we... We need to tell the full story of this because there's a lot more to it than just this boyhood return story, you know, for him. And the, and the tears in the intro. Interview. And the tears. Well, uh, he, he played. He played hard, didn't he? On um, like his granddad first taking him to the game, um, doing it for his his dad, doing it for Antonio Puerta, his, his 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 teammate who tragically died on on the pitch, going back to what 2007. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of making up to do, um, depending on who you ask. So we need to go back to 2005, I think. Uh, Ramos comes through Sevilla's academy. Very exciting teenager. Very different warriors now. We're talking this skinny boy, long hair, a, a right wing back as well. Not the uh, the big 300 extra that he is now, you know, big gladiator god that he is right now. Um, and we get to the, the transfer deadline there uh, in 2005. And... Ramos is sold to Real Madrid on the final day. Now, depending on who you ask, how this played out, Jose Maria Del Nido, the president of the club at the time, very shady character, shall we say. We'll not go into too much about uh, his, his background. Yes. <laughs> he ends up selling Ramos on the final day. Um, he then spins a lot of stories, puts it out there, so he doesn't look bad, that Ramos asked for a mega pay rise, he said he wanted to be captain of Sevilla as well, uh, put down all these demands and what have you. The other side of that is, it later comes out, um, that Sevilla didn't actually receive the full amount of the release clause, which was 27 million euros at the time. Which is potentially problematic because they, they got extra days after the deadline to sign Dragutinovic, wasn't it? That's right. Um, to, to replace him. And this wasn't the first time, so that late great Jose Antonio Reyes as well, obviously went to Arsenal for a big money move. Apparently the, the full money wasn't received there as well. So look, Del, Del Nido has been at it like that. And like I say, we'll, we'll just leave that there. Now, Ramos has always insisted he's never made those demands. He never put that. And it was something that came from Sevilla's side, Del Nido's, Del Nido's side, to make himself look good and to put himself across well with Los Piris, who are Sevilla's ultras. We'll come to them a little bit more in a minute. <laughs> There's a lot of coming yeah, back. There is, there is, and, 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 we have to go, and we have to go through it all. Now, this then, over the years, when Ramos has come back to the Pichuan Sevilla Stadium, he has got dogs abuse from Sevilla's ultras. And Ramos isn't happy about this because he thinks the transfer went down a different way. He, think, he thinks he left in a good way, but it's, you know, all that PR spin from the president Del Nido has been proud about him, you know, to make him look good. Now, it comes to a, a boiling point Ooh, when... I'm sorry, I think we've jumped the gun because he doesn't help himself, does he, when he goes back to Sevilla? Are we coming to that in a moment? He do, Yeah, yeah, we, he do, we, we're going to come to that in a minute because it is it's emo, it is emotional for him and like you said, you, you've led into it. There's, there's family links there, there's, there's friends, there's family, there's, you know, it's, a boy, it's his boyhood team and, and he feels wronged by all this all the time. Now, it comes to a head when a banner emerges in uh, the Ultra's End and it says uh, one name, Ramos, two sons of a whore, referring to Sergio Ramos and his brother, Rene Ramos, oh. who apparently helped instigate this move to Real Madrid. 
Now, Ramos sees this in, he is livid. He is absolutely livid by this. Um, Does and, he see it when he's actually playing on yeah, the pitch? Yeah, to cut yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. my word. And what he does, he uh, then, <laughs> there's another occasion when it comes up to a, a 3-2 game when Sevilla win and Ramos ended up taking a penalty in front of the Ultras. He scores a via Penenka penalty, Real Madrid lose 3-2. But what Ramos does is, he cups his ears and points to his name on his shirt in a nod to that banner towards the Ultras. But he looks at two of the sides of the stadium and does like a, a prayer gesture, a sorry, forgive me gesture. Forgive me for scoring against yeah. you sort of business. It's a bit like when Cristiano Ronaldo went back to sporting with Manchester United and yeah. scored against them. So he wants to say, my beef isn't with you. My beef is with them. And this has continued. And after that banner was unhurled as well, Sevilla's ultras were were banned from the stadium for a bit as well by the Spanish FA, so they were kicked out. So Although again, that, that that punishment was only recently introduced. Yeah. Uh, things move at glacial pace in Spain. Yeah. So it increases the tension even more. Now, fast forward to today. Ramos returns. He comes back. The transfer is actually instigated by <laughs> the former Sevilla president who sold Ramos's son, who is set to be probably in the next couple of years, the next Sevilla president, funnily enough. So he brings him in. Ramos comes back. And he's presented on the pitch yesterday, Wednesday, that is. Uh, and the Biris are absent. The stadium's full. Everyone's euphoric for Ramos's return. But the Biris aren't present. There. And, and they've uh, also put a statement out against it as well, saying it's yeah. a disrespect towards them and their values. It, it, were the Beeries left out by the club oh. or did they protest by staying away? They, they, they stayed away. They turned right. away. Yeah. They, 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 they said, we're never going to boo or whistle a player who plays for Sevilla. But this signing, the idea of this signing is contrary to the values that have made this club great. That's what they, they, they said in their statement. It's very interesting. You'd have seen on social media all the uh, emotional interviews with Sergio Ramos, the shots of him uh, coming on the pitch at Sanchez-Pijuan um, yesterday, as, as is. So um, that, that was on Wednesday. Um, and it is all filmed, so you can't see the North Stand. So you can see the other three stands that are really full. You can see him coming up from the tunnel and then it, it turns, it makes a kind of, I, I guess, a, a sort of 90 degree turn. So you can see the three stands that are full and you can't see the north one that's empty. Ramos has come out and there's interesting things that he said in these two presentations, the one on the pitch and then the one where he's been in a press conference as well. And I think he's wanting to make amends. I think he's he's offering an olive branch out there to the Berries. And I think... This isn't the end of this story. Because he was one of them. He was a Biri himself, wasn't he? Said, he? Yeah, he yeah. said it. That's one of the things where he said. And he also shot a little barb at Real Betis as well. And he talked about their fan bases. He's like, oh, we're not going to get into comparing fan bases because, come on, Sevilla's is the best. So he's he's extending those little olive branches. Whether they will be taken will be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see. It's also going to be interesting to see as well, purely from a spectator point of view. Ramos and Seville derby as well. I mean, wow. Come on, that is going to be fire. He's got some catching up to do. He does. It's gonna. It's gonna be something special. I think. When when I think of him as a, a footballer generally, I think of him as a, a great footballer ahead of a great defender. You know, he's he, he always gets voted, doesn't he? As like sort of you know defender of the year or one of the defenders he's of the iconic, year. Or he did. Though. You can he, understand. But that's right. the point. He's he's iconic. He he succeeds like. When you were describing him as a galloping wing back mm. when he was a kid and he was, he was a right back when he was at first at Real Madrid before he gets moved into the the centre, he's, he's like this. He's, he's like this wild horse, isn't he? Yeah, 
it's you know, it's, you know. it's funny. Three three of uh, Spain's great centre halves in Puyol, Pique, and Ramos all started out as uh, as fullbacks. Yeah, and they've all come back to you know this this central role, this big figure. But yeah, but getting back to Ramos, it is going to just be fascinating how this plays out because it does not end here. It it is going to continue, and, and everything he's ever achieved. It's about strength of personality, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and he's got a very, very strong personality. He's changed himself, you know, the, his look, his persona. and It's, it's all very warrior-esque, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah he is. And, uh, you know, I think being at Real Madrid, I think, you know, indulged that a little bit as well. I think yeah. he felt he had to come some sort of Spartan as well. And I think, I tell you what, we're not always bring this back to him, but... I think Cristiano was a big influence as well because Cristiano was in that dressing room and he, he Ramos sees how he's looking after himself and he's like, oh, look, I can do this as well. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to get bigger. I'm going to get big, uh, stronger. And, and, and he's and, done it. And he's done it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hasn't he? So. And, and look, I, I know Andy said about his, his defending. I, I, I think he's a great defender. I really, really do. He plays on the edge. He plays mm. in a certain way. Very decisive. He knows mm. the actions that he's going to take. Mm. I, I'd compare it to, I, I, he gets a lot of pelters at the moment, the Premier League, Christian Romero. Mm. When it comes off, he yeah. looks bloody good. I, I he looks that's all, he, he looks all yeah, encompassing. I do think so as well. I've got it straight away yeah. as soon but, as you said it. Yeah. But when he has one of those rushes, and this is both of them, out of defence, when he sees just that loose ball maybe for a fraction and the eyes are just like, right, I'm going for it, and they miss it, they get a red card, they they look like a clown. They're like, my God, why does why this guy cost so much money? Why has he got the status that he has? Having said that, when you're watching it as a neutral, when you're watching a game on the telly as a neutral with Sergio Ramos, or at least once upon a time, you felt, well, they're not going to lose. Sergio Ramos is on. And that He'll find the, a way. That was yeah. with the national team, as, as well as Real Madrid, by the way. Yeah. I, I don't remember him uh, at Sevilla before, although now there's a new chapter. I think I've got an idea where this is going to end. I know I am not a crystal ball gazer, um, but... You intimated that two-thirds, if not three-quarters, of that severe spectator um, you know, fellowship is on his side. Absolutely. 100% they are. So how can he lose? With them on his side, or the Biri's so powerful that they can... Well, they are extremely powerful, and they're the most vocal fans as well, which is why it makes a massive difference. And I think... But they're going not going to boo to, him. They're vocal, but they're not going to boo him. Uh, uh, yeah, but if they turn their back on him, it'll make a massive difference. Ma- and I, I think what David was saying before about... When we were talking about Sergio Ramos' strength of personality, anyone else just turns the other cheek. Yeah. Footballers do not pick fights with ultras. No really do they and, and that that is what he's done and so that's why this is this is so unpredictable and, and and difficult to see how it's going to turn out now like david i think keep an eye on that first derby i think that's absolutely huge because if he has an influence on that first derby i mean this is i've, I've spoke about it time and time again since ever since we started doing otc it's, it's my favorite derby in the world it's, it's huge you know if you think you've got a a city which you know greater seville holds what 400, 450,000 people. And you've got two fanatically followed clubs who have, you can get 50,000 in any, any, any given week. It is so intense. These two clubs that are four kilometers apart, it's almost as if with both of them in the city, it's, it's, it's fit to burst. And he is someone who will lean into that so hard because he's such an aggressive emotional type of football and he's already shown that this re-signing is extremely emotional to him now how it affects Sevilla on the pitch in a sort of short to medium term 
I'm really interested to see. Now, he signed a one-year contract with one year of option as as well. It'd be interesting to see if he does make it to the, 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 the second year of that because there are a couple of things. Sevilla have had a very poor start to the season, so they've, they've needed some sort of morale boost. I mean, they, they said they've signed him as an opportunity because... You know they've they've got some injuries at the the, the back at the moment. Tangi uh, in uh, in Zanzu. Well, he's a freebie as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Although there's free and there's free. Obviously, <laughs> they're still paying him a significant amount of money. As David has pointed out, it's not Victor Orta, the um, sporting director, formerly of Leeds, of course. Who well, we'll, we'll see what his work turns out like. Um, who instigated this? Um, with uh, Ianzu out with. Um, Marcao, who they had a lot of problems with last season, not being fit. I, I do wonder if this is set up for him to, to to have a good time because he's been in teams that have won consistently for the past 15 years at Real Madrid and PSG. I think after a couple of weeks in this, he's going to look around the dressing room and think, where am I? And also, it's an old squad. It's, it's not really going to cover his shortcomings, is it? He fits. Mende Yabar, the Sevilla manager, his football is in the trenches football. You have to dig in, you defend deep, you have to really graft. And I think Ramos is going to really rise to that. And just to put a lid on this, if Ramos really wants to win over Los Piris, Seville derby, first minute, just go straight through his score. <laughs> and he'll have all the berries on their side. Another man who's a man who's crossed the divide. That is how you win them over. Every berry has his prize. <laughs> Let's talk about um, what's happening in Serie A because last season, of course, remember Napoli did the unbelievable to a certain extent by um, winning the Scudetto. This season, well, it's a new season. We start all over again. Can they replicate? last season's success and if they can what's it going to take Andy I think the big question at at the moment before we get into Napoli and where they are at the moment I I think really Kvisha Kavaratskelia is is symbolic of the challenge that they face because he almost came from nowhere to become a a, a real star in Kevin European Georgia. football last season. Georgia's yeah. nowhere, not nowhere. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it's not not nowhere. But on on the other hand, like most players who sign for um, big European football clubs nowadays, we're at least aware of them to an extent. The wider public are aware of them or have heard of them until they turn up. I think Kvadrat Skelia, a lot of people had not heard of him before last season. Of course, he'd, he'd done some bits in, in, in the Russian Premier League and after war broke out, gone back to Georgia, um, which paved the way for this, this move to Napoli. But to have someone who a lot of the European football following public have not heard of come and completely rip it up, it's quite unprecedented in, in, in this day and age. We're not talking about the 1980s or the 1990s. Um, but of course... He's now symptomatic of a growing pain because, as you say, winning the league once is amazing. Doing it all over again is a completely different challenge. And back to back and, and all. Yes. And, of course, when you're trying to defend a legacy, it starts to get expensive. Now, this is something that Aurelio De Laurentiis is not particularly good at doing. The reason no one thought Napoli had a chance at the start of last season, even though Serie A is a very open league, is because De Laurentiis was cutting costs left and right. Got a load of experienced players. Uh, and you think building around Aussie men, 
bringing in Kvarat Skelia, that felt like the cheap way of doing things. Okay, under Cristiano Giantoli, the, the, the sporting director who's now gone to Juventus, it turned out to be a very good way of doing things. It looks almost visionary. But of course, they've got Kvarat Skelia on pre-Scudetto prices. He earns 1.2 million a year, which is less than a lot of those big players. He's one of the lowest paid starters in, in, in a the, lowly paid in the Napoli lineup. It's, yeah. it's less than a lot of very bad players as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the problem you had when they surprisingly lost to Lazio last weekend, his agent turns up to the game, expects a meeting with Aurelio Di Laurentiis, doesn't get one, puts out the story that Napoli have said they'd give him a new contract with bigger pay. Um, and um, th- they came out in this statement earlier in the week, Napoli, and said, it's bullshit. Th- those were the words in the official yeah. statement that we've never, if this is just powered by his agent, um, the newspapers are just taking the line from the agent and that's their, yeah. that's their one source. We have never said that we're going to sit down and discuss another contract. Now, it's one thing to say that you've got an issue with the agents. It's another thing entirely David, to say, this guy's had a fantastic season, but you know what? We're not going to give him a pay rise. It's just pure De Laurentiis. It's just pure <laughs> soap opera stuff, really. I think it feels like the beginning of the end with the player there at the uh, at Napoli. I think it really does. And also, if they have had success by operating in a cheap manner, they're going to continue doing that. It'll almost make... De Laurentiis stick to his guns even more. Well, it's one of those sporting cliches, isn't it? If everyone gets paid, you don't end up winning anything. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, so I think they're going to continue now this model. And this is the thing. I think people were looking, I think sometimes you win a title as a club, you think, right, we we have to keep up with that. We have to reinvest again. Or you go, oh, we're happy with what we've got. Because everybody else is always going to, try and catch up and improve. You look around, you look at Milan, Inter, um, Juve, Roma. They've all added. Yes, some of them have lost as well, but they've all added. And they'll look at it and think, oh, what have Napoli really done to improve? Like, how are they proven, improving their first team? They probably haven't overall. I mean, I know they've added some decent players, like Lindstrom, I think, is a really nice player as well. But they haven't really progressed a lot. And that'll give encouragement to other teams. Uh, the thing I don't understand, though, Farid Scaly was such an integral part of Napoli's success last year. You talk of Ozyman, and obviously Napoli have hung on to Ozyman mm. over the transfer window. So we know that they are prepared, if necessary, to fight for their man, as it were. Ozyman depended a lot on Farid Scaly's um, assist Service. last yeah. season, yeah? Mm. And you've got a creative player up there and you're dissing him in this way. What I don't understand is why the agent didn't start touting him around before the end of the transfer window. Well, because the, really, he already did. He already he did. did. And what happened? But, and he didn't get well, any well, the, the, traction. The thing is, De Laurentiis wants so much money for him and he's got four years left on his contract. What, what's he going to do? I mean, you know, you look at the, the asking price is somewhere around the, the 100 million euro mark. That's the price to start talking. Now, of course... For, for a play that you're playing 1.2 million euros. Exactly. And I, I think the thing that will probably be the most difficult to digest for him and his agents is the fact that they're getting close or they've got close. It's not quite there yet on this new deal with Aussie men, 
which would give him a release clause so he could go next summer if he wanted to. They're prepared to pay him up to 15 million euros. Now, if your mate's getting paid more than 10 times what you're paying... Your mate I mean that, who you're servicing? Yeah. Uh, who you were, and you were arguably the best player in the team last season. That's going to hurt. But the thing is, not everyone can get paid. If they do end up paying Aussie men that, even for a year, they can't pay everyone that. Yeah. Now, it has to be said, Kvalat Skelly's agents are not asking for anywhere near that. They're looking for something like treble his current money which I, th- I think, especially as you're not going to end up paying him for the extent of his contract, is probably worthwhile. But like David said, I think the danger for, for Napoli, and we, we saw it a bit in this, this game against Lazio, in which they played quite acceptably for lots of it. Kvadat Skelia, who's had a pre-season that's been truncated by injury, he's only just coming back to it. He played pretty well, came very close to scoring the opener. Um, they, they got a good shift out of him and you know he's only going to get better as the Champions League restarts and all the rest of it. But because of losing Kim, bringing in Natan, who's an unknown from the yeah. South American market really in, in, in European football terms, and, and Lindstrom, it does feel as if they've stood pat really. Mm. And you can't stand still. And of course, the fact that they've lost Luciano Spalletti and Rudy Garcia, you know, he's, he's had notable moments in Italian football when he was in charge of Roma. But is he a coach who you think's going to win you the league necessarily? Not really. I don't think so. I think that's a, a big step down with talking the Ferrari and a Volvo sort of change. I think, you know, I think that really is. That's yeah, it's a good comparison. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was always surprised when Garcia got the job. Like, like, when I think you, so was he. Yeah, when yeah. you look at his stock at the time and what he'd done previously, you're looking at it and thinking that, that doesn't really add up. That doesn't make sense. And I but think a Volvo is a very safe pair of hands, you know, <sighs> economical. Know, but, but, but that can, but that is can, the problem. Yeah. The reason people loved Napoli is because they were a bit chaotic and a bit off the rails. They were yeah. they were fun to watch, and there's not many teams around that are pure fun. There's a lot of safe teams. There's a lot of very organised teams, but there's not many absolute joyful teams. I guess the the main question with Garcia is if you think of what building for Napoli looks like or or, or rebuilding or however you want to put it, Don, the next step for them is to try and go a little bit further in the Champions League. You've got the impression that with a bit more careful management of of resources and a, a bit more careful game management, it was open for them to get to at least the semi-finals of the Champions League. They could have had that tie against Milan. And if they'd have been playing like they had been in October, it wouldn't have even been a question, would it? But even with what they had, with the few injuries, if they'd have managed a few situations better, they, they could have got through that, 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 that tie quite easily. Now you look at going on to the next level. That is the area. I actually quite like Rudy Garcia as a coach. I quite enjoy his football. I I like his philosophy. A lot of players respond to it, which is far more important than what I think. But I think if you go back to when he was Roma manager, the beginning um, of the end for him at Roma is the bit where they get beaten 7-1 at home by Bayern, which pretty much finished Ashley Cole's career at the top level, by the way, after he got torn to bits by Iron Robin that night at the Olympico. That is a result you can't come back from. Now, of course, that's just one result. But the way that played out and that sort of slow, like death by a thousand cuts at Roma and and the arena in which it happened, you can't be thinking he is the guy to help us go to the next level in the Champions League. 
Well, it depends the equipment that he's given to work with. And Natan, um, unlike you, I, th- I think actually ain't a bad signing. From what I've seen, of I'm, him, I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not yeah. Kim. He's I, not I Kim. mean, if, 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 you're, if, if, you're, t- if you're talking of building on what you've got, yeah. you've lost your best defender. It's, it's, it's hard. Now, mm. their, their hands were tied, and obviously, selling Kim has enabled them to play hardball with Ozimen and Kvaratskhelia. But, you know, you've got to treat your employees nicely. Well, Ozimen. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's no doubt about that. They need to sort this situation with. Yeah, uh, Ozimen may be key, though, in them retaining the Scudetto. Uh, anything else that you can think of that they need to do uh, to convince people? I, I took Andy's point earlier on that maybe the focus is on the Champions League. Uh, do they have to decide between retaining or going for a retention of the Scudetto versus going for the Champions League? feels like their squad can't do both. I don't, I don't think they can do either, I don't think, to be honest. Yeah, Sam, I completely agree. Mm. I think so, they're short, yeah. So what do they choose? Personally, I think the Champions League is far, far beyond them. Don't get me wrong, I think Serie A is beyond them. I don't say beyond them. It, it, it's, it's harder to retain, put it that way. Um, you know, than you know, winning it. I think you had to retain it to stay at the top is very, very difficult. So uh, for that, for me, I'd focus on Syria, going for the Champions League, competing with everybody else who's in there. Come on, and you look at what everybody else has spent around Europe. Mm. That is such a big ask. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's look to Ligue 1, no, PSG, basically Ligue PSG, you could call it. Um, It feels like this is a moment for PSG. They've shipped out a lot of the superstars that they couldn't afford to keep uh, funding, um, particularly when they were on the injury bench. But um, now they've got a front lineup that I wonder. Look, the big transfer news that didn't happen over the summer was Mbappe. He didn't go anywhere. He is still at PSG. They've, I suppose, cocooned him with a couple of 
frontline players on either side. And looking at it uh, from a distance, you might look and think, well, that makes sense. You've got Usman Dembele on the one side, and then you've got uh, Randall Kolo Muani on the other side, uh, and they're all French. Is this a potential French or France national team forward line? P potentially. I mean, it's something that Didier Deschamps talked about um, going back a couple of weeks, that you know, it would be an advantage to me if you have those automatisms that you can bring directly into the national team. I think any national team coach would 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 say that. Colo Moani eventually arrived at PSG on um, deadline day, of course. Uh, not fit to make a debut yet. Uh, has, is probably not fit for France Island, depending on which day of the week um, <laughs> you, you listen to this, you'll be able to give the definitive answer to that. Um, so I think immediately it's probably not happening. Clearly from a, a PSG perspective, it's about appealing to Mbappe's values, keeping him happy. They're doing their best to surround him with his mates. Just, you know, they've, they've signed Luca Hernandez. They tried to sign Marcus Turam earlier in the summer as, as, as well. They're, they're trying to keep him happy. Maybe a year too late, but they are trying to keep him happy. Whether this works for France, it's, it's a possibility that Didier Deschamps at least needs to consider. Because... When you look beyond Mbappe and when you look beyond Olivier Giroud, where are the goals coming from? I think that's a really big question for France going into um, Euro 2024, where I think you might say they're light favourites given their, their their World Cup performance. Um, what do you mean light favourites? They're not, they're not heavy favourites. Right. I think you could put them in a, a bracket where you could say they've... They've probably got the best squad of, of, of players available to any of the contenders, but but not by a long way, by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think you can say England, for example, are in, in the mix as, as well. But because they made such incredible steps at the World Cup, steps that were really forced upon them by injuries. Like So, Kolo Moani, the World Cup has absolutely changed Randall Kolo Moani's life because he was nowhere near the French squad. Bear in mind, you go back 15 months, he's still a Nantes player, ends up going to Eintracht Frankfurt, perform, performs very well, not only performs well, but shows what an incredibly intelligent footballer he is by the link that he makes with Mario Goetze there. It's really strongly suggesting that they're football minds of equivalent level, which I, I think is a, a huge boon to Colo Moani. So he, he owes, I think, for getting in the, the World Cup squad and for um, getting this move to PSG, he, he probably owes Goetze a box of champagne somewhere along the, 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 the line. I think you look, you look at Colo Moani and all the injuries that happen, all of a sudden he's in the World Cup squad. And all of a sudden, further down in the tournament, he's in the team. And then you get to the final. God, he almost <laughs> scores the winner. It's incredible. And now, a year on, he gets sold for 90 million. To PSG, it's an extraordinary story. But of course, his goal record for the national team suggests exactly what it is, that he's still at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, look, and I think, and going back to your original question, I think this is going to help him going forward, though, being at PSG, that link with Mbappe. I think that's going to have an impact for France as well. I think he will start scoring for France. When we're, when we're talking of footballers of a... In incredibly high level of football intelligence mm -hmm. 
him and Mbappe are, are, are definitely in that category, aren't they? Brilliant. Moani's awareness of space, of movement, um, of what other play- his, his opponents are doing around him is really, really impressive. He, he's an incredible uh, lock picker in that sense. So, yeah, I think this is going to have a great benefit for France. And I do think there's actually enough goals there between Mbappe and Moani. I think once Moani gets up to speed. Do we do we put Dembélé on, on that level? Because the, the best of Dembélé is fantastic. But then again, and you, you know what? He had his clutch moments for Barcelona. Oh, it's, he it's, did. It's he easy did. to forget, isn't it? But then you have moments like when he's taken off in the first half of the World Cup final. And that's the problem with him. Like, it's like, is he somebody you trust going into a tournament? Who's to say that you get there, you have your camp, and then third, fourth day of your practice... He pulls up injury. He, he does a hamstring or whatever, and then you've taken a player. You've already taken. You've already picked him in the squad. You've left somebody else at home potentially, and that's the problem. Look, Dembele on his day, fit and firing, is excellent. I've seen times at Barcelona. You know, he's he's had pelts at Barcelona a lot of the time, I think, and it's a, it's a shame because I just don't think he'd be able to get himself fit and being consistent in the team enough. But when he has had his day, he can be a player that your team runs through. I think he's that impressive of a player. I can see why PSG signed him. I can see why Mbappe wanted him. He, he He's very much aware. You know, Mbappe is a very smart guy when it comes to football. He, Andy's told me some great stories about him in, in terms of how intelligent he is when it comes to football and his interest in the game. So he knows what Dembele can provide. It's just always the same question with Dembele. He's, he's a brilliant player, but can he provide it consistently? Because... His fitness isn't there to back it up. Uh, well, I was talking about um, um, Mbappe with a French football fan uh, just a few hours ago, security guard. And he was saying, oh, Mbappe, he's just like Cristiano Ronaldo. It's all about me, 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 me. Which it seems to be in terms of PSG. But what about when it comes to club or country now? Are, are we saying that the French national team is almost beholden to focusing on Mbappe, would they go so far as to say, as PSG seems to have done, let's bring a couple of Mbappe's friends along with him so he feels good? Or does that comparison stop there? Does does Didier Deschamps say, no, no, it may work for PSG, but I only want Mbappe. I don't necessarily want uh, Dembele and Moani. No, because France is Antoine Griezmann's team, isn't it, Andy? <laughs> well, you, you know what? Have I missed the joke? It's an interesting. You both laughed. Well, what, an, what am I missing? It's an interesting point because a lot of people would tell you that it is and should be Antoine Griezmann's team because he was their best player during the World Cup, um, because he was a revelation in in midfield. Because I think if you look at the last twelve months, he's one of the most informed footballers on the planet, and. I think what's what's interesting, you know you talked about Mbappe's in, intelligence. I think that sort of social intelligence is a huge part of how things work at international level, certainly. Um, because we've all seen um, at major tournaments when everyone's living on top of each other, big tensions, small tensions become big tensions quite quickly and, 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 and people fall out. Now, I think when we saw how it shook out with the France captaincy, of course, Kylian Mbappe got it. A lot of people thought it should have been Antoine Griezmann, some because they think he's the right person for the job, some just out of seniority. And Griezmann, who always wears his heart on his sleeve, quite openly said, yeah, I was really upset when I didn't get it for a couple of days. 
and it made me think about things and my future. And eventually I learned to accept it. The way that Mbappe's handled it is 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 very intelligent. So you, you had the, the the press conference the game the day before France play the Republic of Ireland this week. So on Wednesday, it's traditional that the captain goes to the press conference with the coach, Didier Deschamps. Instead, Mbappe sends Griezmann as well, making him feel that what he said about, look, I need you. It's not just me being the captain. I need you to be a leader with me to show that it's not just words, to show that actually it's your team too. I think that's that's really important. I think sometimes people think of being an international captain. You've either got to be a shouter and someone who roars and feels the flag over their shoulders and all that sort of stuff, or you've got to be David Beckham and you know lead by some example of your your industry on the pitch. But actually, there there can be a slightly different approach, and maybe that's what he's looking at. And Griezmann's importance can't be reduced. Because at club level, for Diego Simeone, he's the single most important player of his time as a manager. I'd also say that the same works for Didier Deschamps as well. He's the single most important France player in the Deschamps yeah. era. Yeah. Best player. He's always the best player at every tournament for France, I think. The best, the most important, the most vital. If you take him out of that team, I think they'd fall apart. I genuinely do. I, I guess the question is, like, when you look at, Griezmann and how he's grown and grown to become so incredibly important for for France in a different way. And when we look at how that's revitalised his club career, because it has revitalised his his, his club career as well. He had a lot of other offers um, this summer. Could have gone, as said in the last couple of days, that he wants to stay and win more trophies with Atletico. And I think from a personal, selfish perspective, beat the Atletico club goals record as, as, as well. He's, yeah, only, he's only about 15 off, isn't he? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, do, do we credit him alone or do we credit Didier Deschamps for the way he used him during the World Cup? I think it's part and part. I really do. I think as a player, you know, you're, you're, you're told instructions. You, you get instructions. Do you, take them on do you take them on board? Are you mature enough to take them on board? Are you mature enough to develop? Griezmann's, a, when he started out Real Sociedad, we're talking a little winger, impact sub for Real Sociedad. He's now moulded into the complete midfielder, really, in terms of... It looks easy, doesn't it? He does make it look easy. He's though. absolutely effortless, um, despite everything that he does. It's, it, it's quite remarkable. So I think Deschamps and Simeone have completely shaped him. But this guy is so smart. Again, we're, we're talking about football intelligence. His awareness... Um, of the game is remarkable. So he's taken on board all that advice and he's capable of doing it and he's executed perfectly and he's a phenomenal footballer and for me he still remains criminally underrated. It's time for me to ask you both for a recommendation of a game of the week. There's a lot to choose from this week. Not all of us will be delighted that, you know, we've taken a break in our uh, league competitions to address an international conversation but nevertheless I'm sure you've got a lot of options in terms of where we should uh, spend our viewing time Andy. There, there are games I'm definitely not boycotting football over this weekend if are that's you what you're getting at yeah. no, no, I'll, yeah. defi- I'll definitely be watching football this weekend I'm going to go for a non-qualifier from a team that we know will definitely be in the Euros that's the the host nation Germany um, they've got two um, big friendlies th- this week uh, they're playing 
Japan um, in Wolfsburg on Sunday, and then uh, they've they've got their game um, against France in in Dortmund, which will be interesting. But I'm looking at the Germany one. I think this will be a test and a half. Um, you know, the Germany Ger- Japan one. Yeah, G- Germany Japan because oh. I, I I think um, Japan were great during the World Cup. They've got a lot of really good players at the moment. Um, I don't know if it, having it at Wolfsburg, like which is quite a small, not the most atmospheric stadium, maybe limits the damage when it all goes horribly wrong. Because at the moment, there's so much discussion in Germany about why the team doesn't look ready for the Euros and doesn't look ready to be a genuine contender for the Euros. Bastian Schweinsteiger even suggested on 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 Talksport going back about a month and a half that it's Pep Guardiola's fault for making everyone want to play like him and forgetting German values, which you know I'm it's not, an argument, isn't it? There is a cultural aspect to the way that national teams particularly play, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, there is, but the sort of players that Germany produces is due to a rethink they had post-Euro uh, 2000. It's not due to anything that Guardiola's done. So if you're talking about the actual players that they've produced, I don't think you can pin that on Guardiola. And, you know, maybe the fact that it was Guardiola who turfed Schweinsteiger out of Bayern Munich is entirely coincidental. Who knows? Anyway, I think Germany versus Japan, especially the way that Japan turned over Germany at the World Cup, a game that I was at, makes that absolutely fascinating. I look forward to it. Um, and, and do you have a game of the week for us, David, or are you boycotting football this weekend as well? I'm boycotting it because I'm going on holiday, but <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still going to give you a game. Um, I really like the look of, for for shock value, um, I really like Netherlands-Greece. So Netherlands camp this week, a bit disrupted by Louis van Gaal comments, obviously dating back to the World Cup and what he said about Argentina, a bit saying as a, premeditated victory for Argentina and Messi. Um, there's been a lot of injuries as well and they're coming off the back of two defeats as well. So, I mean, they got beat by Croatia heavily in the UEFA Nations League. Italy beat them as well. So, I think now it's going to be really interesting to see how the Dutch react to this and look, Ronald Koeman as manager, everybody's always got doubts. So, I think this is one of those that they'll look at and I know they're at home, they'll just say is this potential for them to slip up and the wheels to, to come off a little bit. And also, Apparently, Noah Lang's playing, who's always a very interesting character. Interesting is the word. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, I guess I've got two questions. Um, One, uh, when it all goes wrong for Ronald Koeman to a ridiculous extent and they um, have to replace him, are we looking forward to the Peter Bosch era in charge of the Netherlands? Yeah, that's the face. Looking forward. (laughs) No, no, no one has ever looked forward to Peter Bosch. (laughs) No one. Second question. We need to think of something to eat, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, do you want to go first, David? Um, Give Andy a moment to chew over things. Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm going to go for a classic uh, fish and chips here. Oh, we like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is yeah. it that one of the ones in the little drawers that you get outside the Amsterdam Arena? You know, where you put <laughs> put money in and you open the drawer and your That'll food do. is in it. That'll do. Yeah. Why not? If yeah. It's that, fish and chips. You'll never feel like food again after that. <laughs> trust me. Uh, t- taking up the other side of um, uh, of, of, of David's uh, game, actually, I think. A bit of a uh, Greek hiros would be would be quite nice. Oh, that's very nice. Bit, a bit of a uh, bit of a uh, fresh grilled chicken. Loads of, loads of good salad. Souvlaki. Souvlaki is what I would say. 
Uh, thank you for listening to On The Continent. Make sure that you join us again tomorrow for Ask OTC, where we'll be answering all of your questions about the latest news from the world of European football. And make sure to subscribe in your podcast app so that you never miss an episode. On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.